Rising Star Podcast with your host, Kelly Hughes. On today's show, I'm going to be talking with Matt O. He's got a brand new single, The Angels Went Back to Heaven. It's on the heels of two previous albums, The Future of Your Past and Man from Yesterday. We're going to talk about what is happening today in the present and what's in store for 2023. So welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks, Callie. Pleasure to be on your show. Now, I know you're calling from Zurich, Switzerland. Is that where you were born? Yeah, born and raised in Zurich. That's right. And then I, like I went the... to I, I went to the U.S. Um, when I was like, uh, you know, a young high school student and lived with a family there for a year. Uh, that was in the late 70s. And then uh, in, in 1991, I went back to the U.S., and worked in Chicago um, as as a lawyer back then. Okay, so in the seventies, what city were you in? I was in a suburb of Detroit. Oh, okay, that's great. Did you soak up some of the Motown sound? I sure did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was reading your influences. I mean, the obvious one now is Springsteen. You know, you recorded at. Uh, Lake House Recording Studios in Asbury Park, New Jersey. But it seems like some of your early influences were more British, like the Kinks, the Beatles. Like, like what was kind of your formative bands that you really liked? Um, I, I think the Beatles were pretty formative, as were many people. Um, and early on in my life, I started to listen to Pink Floyd. I sort of liked their experimental music. Um, and yeah, I, I followed them for a long time. Um, I think my biggest influence, uh, is probably American or rather Canadian, if you will. And Neil Young is probably mm -hmm. the guy I've, I've been following most, uh, during the course of my life. Okay. Can Canadian. Wow. How about, uh, the guess who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, and maybe a little Brian Adams. Uh, not much, not much, really. <laughs> More of the classic rock. Well, one thing I like about your resume is you're trained in classical guitar. Yeah, that was, it was not an option to uh, play electric guitar back in those days or, 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 even, you know, like folk guitar. I mean, you could, you could play it on your own, but you know, there was no, no lessons offered. So I, I went through, so the classical guitar uh curriculum um and and started with classical guitar at 12. um but you know i i think i switched i definitely switched to uh folk guitar uh when i was like 16 years old because they say you know classical guitar is one of the most uh, difficult to play it must have given you quite the discipline um you know, I wasn't too disciplined. That's why I abandoned it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, uh, that's uh, probably all the better for us because now we get to hear kind of your more rock and roll side. So tell me a little bit about how did you come to record in Asbury Park, New Jersey? Um, that's a, a pretty long story. It goes back a ways. I was... Um, uh, about 12 years ago, I was uh, producing a, a Brazilian-Italian singer, and uh, we wanted to uh, 
make some inroads in the U.S. and we wanted to record uh, an, an, an album in the U.S. And through a friend, actually two friends, I ended up in uh, John Liedersdorf's uh, Lake House Music Studio, which is about an hour outside of, of, of New York City. And, you know, I just saw the gear he had. It was, a, it was a, back in those days, it was a small studio in his, in his home. And, and, but he had just awesome gear. And so I, I recorded two albums uh, at that studio. And, and then when I started to record my own music, that was in 2014, you know, it was clear that I would record it uh, in Asbury Park at Lake House Music. And John Liedersdorf, you know, has sort of been my executive producer um, ever, ever since. And he's, he's you know, a, a great help in, in, uh, in whatever I do, you know. Well, you know, another thing I like about your story, you know, you've always been involved with music, but you, you became a, a successful lawyer. And then right around the age of 40, it sounds like you had an epiphany and that music drew you back. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it yeah I, I it's it's true you know I focused on my on my lawyer career but just you know the I, I could never get over the fact that I like music so much and I like writing music so much uh, and and so when I was when I turned 40 I said you know yeah there's more to life than than just being a successful lawyer so I, I started my my second career and I, you know, don't regret it one one single day. And it sounds like when you came back to music, uh, you did it as a producer. Yes, the, I, as as a songwriter producer, really. I I wrote the songs for a couple of bands, a couple of singers, um, and and they performed, and and I produced them for about must have been around ten years. <clears throat> and that you know at some at some point uh, the. the the business got really difficult, uh, you know, the commercial business. And uh, it, I, I also realized, you know, I, I, I don't really like the commercial side of, of the production too much. I like the creative side. And then that's when I, you know, uh, figured it's now, now or never to uh, write my own songs and, and also to perform them. Well, I think you're part of a movement right now of people that you know, have other careers, but also have a music career, but they do it on their own terms. And, and I think that, you know, if, if you have, um, you know, a career to fall back onto, you know, you, you can take the time to really craft each project that you do. Yeah. And you have a certain independence, you know, I was, I, I, I happened to talk to, uh, John McLaughlin, you know, the, the guitar guy from England. Okay. Uh, very famous. And um, he, uh, he's sort of jazz fusion uh, and classic guitar. Um, and, and I happened to you know, meet him and uh, he told me, you know, you, you've made the smart move. You know, you, you, you have built your career and, and then started to live your hobby. <laughs> And he said, it, it's just so difficult for young artists nowadays to make it uh, in, in music, you know. And, and so uh, that was kind of comforting for me to hear from him because, you know, when you're, when you're an aspiring 
songwriter, you, you really think you've wasted your time doing other stuff <laughs> rather than focus on, on what you think should be your vocation. Well, I would think your experience as a lawyer would come in handy as a musician. Like, like what, what is the biggest strength you've taken from being in the legal field and put that into your music career? I think the love for language and the love to, to transmit sort of a structured thought to people which is, you know, really one of the biggest challenges in pop or rock music, you know, to, to convey a little story or, you know, a thought, you know, within three to four to five minutes so that, that people can relate to it. And, and my love for languages has, has helped me. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when I, when I first started writing music, I actually wrote in Italian, um, which, is not, which is not my you know, native language. Um, and, and also that helped me to uh, really work uh, with, with the words. And, and the lyrics are typically at the core of my, of my songwriting. How many languages do you speak? Uh, my native language, language is German. And then, so, you know, my second language uh, is English. Uh, third language Italian, fourth language is um, French, and then I also speak some Portuguese. Wow, so I, I bet just knowing several languages, that must really make your lyrics, you know, more potent. You must be just very aware of, I don't know, just the beauty of the Romance languages. Yeah, I think it's it's had an impact on on my writing. And, and I, you know, I find it fascinating, the nuances that you can express with words. Um, and, and so I've, I've always enjoyed that process immensely. Mm -hmm. And was German considered a romance language? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's well, not as bad as you would think, but uh, it's it's definitely not a very musical language. You know, I personally I think Italian is probably the most musical language, in in sort of in our cultural um, realm here, and and you know English is of course you know the nice you know it, it has a, a lot of vowels, so it's it's nice to sing, uh, but I think Italian you know would be you know, my my first choice. Um, but my, you know, my, I, I'm closer to the American, you know, British music culture than I'm to the Italian music culture. Well, it just seems when it comes to music, it's always better if it has any Italian in it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and do do you have you know you play the classical guitar, but where did you get your musical grounding? You know, did you take a lot of music in high school? Not really. I'm sort of an autodidact. You know, I, I learned, did it all my, by myself. Um, and, and just working with people along the way, I picked up things left and right. Uh, but, but no, I, I had my, you know, basic music, of course. And, you know, when you study classical guitar, you, you get quite a bit of it. But no, I, I never really studied, uh, you know, music theory or anything. So, mm-hmm. So for this video, for the angels went back to heaven, 
Uh, your video director, I, I'm guessing by his name, he's Italian? Yeah, he's, he's based in Milan. He's a videographer, uh, quite known actually in, in Italy. And two of the actors in the, in the video are also uh, Italian actors. Do I dare try to pronounce his name? I'll, I'll, I'll take a stab. Uh, Marcello uh, Bumbica? That's pretty close. Marcello Bumbica. So it's just the last name that you have oh, slightly direct. Bumbica, yeah. Very good. <laughs> well, well, with a name like that, you know, you got to be a good director. And it seems like <laughs> you had a really strong story in this uh, people couples who are separated, you know, kind of a theme of reuniting. Uh, how much of that was from the lyrics that you wrote? It was act actually none of it. Um, you know, I, I've been working with Marcello um, for many, many years. And he is, you know, I, I think of myself of sort of the phonic guy, and he is the visual guy. So I, I just sent him the lyrics and the music and I told him, you know, think of a good way of, you know, translating this music into a great video. And that's what he came up with. And then we just discussed the storyline a little bit, but the idea is really his. Nice. And, you know, it's interesting because there's all these parallel storylines of different people, a woman you know, driving out in the snow and whose car gets stalled and, you know, trying to, you know, call someone for help. And another one, it almost looks like, I don't know if it's a parent and a child, but kind of yeah. these these parallel storylines, but, you know, the theme of people who just can't quite connect. Have a certain disconnect at, at a moment and, and uh, are in, in need of help. And, you know, so are a bit uh, helpless and don't know where to go next. You know, the, the car stalls, you know, she's not a, a mechanic. So she, what do I do now? I've got this appointment. So how, where do I go from here? And that's where, you know, the guardian angel comes in and, 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 and gives her a hand. And, and the same for the mother and the child. You know, he's playing too much video games. So um, she takes the console away from him and then... He has some second thoughts, thinks, oh, the guy is not really sad. Oh, why, why don't we make up, you know? And, and, and the same for, for that guy who misses the birthday party uh, of his uh, fiancée. And, and, and she just, you know, snaps and doesn't understand why he missed it. And there again, you know, hearts need to be mended. So the guardian angel comes along. Do you think in real life people are afraid to ask for help? I think many people are because of their pride and and also you know I, you know now we're getting a bit closer to uh, the core of my song um which is you know we we think we uh control everything you know we're highly rational nowadays um and and there's little space for things that go wrong you know, we, we easily get thrown off and don't know how to improvise anymore. Um, but we're also sort of forgetting that, you know, we don't control everything. And there are certain things that you just have to ha have faith in uh, and, and believe in. 
and even even if there's no help you know at the end you know you the the hope you have that there will be gives you certain certain consolence you know and and you know my the point of the song is really we don't leave a lot of space to our guardian angels anymore and even though we think we know everything and we control everything um we still have those irrational fears and and uh, you know we're we're not really happier than when we were in the company of our guardian angels a few hundred years ago um when we just trusted in in something to to go the right way and and i i think emotionally um there you know there, there may be a lack of of that kind of trust that things will go well uh and and too much faith in technology you know well, in the title, The Angels Went Back to Heaven, I guess one way I would interpret that is if people don't take advantage of that help or if, you know, the angels are available, but people ignore them and, and don't believe in them, it's almost like the angels are kind of disappointed in, in mankind and they leave because they don't feel appreciated anymore. It's actually, you know, exactly right. They're unemployed. Well, does this uh, tie into like a Catholic upbringing? No, no, no. I'm, did, I'm did... actually Protestant, um, and not not very religious at all. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm close to an atheist, but not really. So. A Protestant, more like a Lutheran. Uh, sort of a Swiss twist to the Lutheran thing. Yes. Okay, which is basically Catholic, so. <laughs> no no uh, it's not but it, it doesn't matter you know so oh i know so <laughs> i grew up lutheran and i didn't realize until i grew up how how for a religion that left the catholic church uh how much it still had in common with the catholic church yeah luther has, is, has, has luther the lutherans have more of a formal you know formal rituals than what we have uh in in, in the swiss church which is called a uh, Zwinglian church. Um, so he, he was also reformist at the same time Luther was. Uh, and and he, he, he didn't believe in hierarchies that much, less than Luther. So, um, you know, there's some, some nuances between them. But don't ask me what they are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do you think people, you know, if they aren't in the church or, you know, they don't have these rituals that they miss them, whether or not they attach that to religion or not. You know, just the idea of a guardian angel or just some kind of structure in their life. Do you think people are yearning for that? Yes, definitely. Yeah, it, that's a very strong force, you know, and it's when you, you know, when, when you when you listen to some, you know, one of the Springsteen songs, I think it's on on Nebraska, I believe um, it's, you know, at the end of every day, people need some reason to believe, you know, it, it, it's that kind of thing, you know, um, you, you want to have those rituals, you, you need them, they are, they give you your life a certain structure, a certain purpose, and, and everybody needs that. If, without that, you're, you know, floating, sometimes a bit lost in the ether, you know, so I, I would definitely agree with your statement, yes. 
You know, when I first heard you were Swiss, you know where my mind goes now? The first thing I think of is Giger. It's not funny how yeah. he he seems like all of Swiss culture, you know, to me. Interesting that you know this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I think with him, a lot of people think he has very bizarre imagery. But when you delve deeper into Giger, there's almost something religious about his work, you know, especially yeah. the um, maybe the flip side of religion. Some would almost think he's the dark side of religion. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah. He, is he, there is, is there something in the Swiss culture that he tapped into? I think not, not particularly Swiss. Maybe it's the Germanic culture, Central European G Germanic culture, where, where you have these, uh, you know, evil and, uh, you know, the forces of good and evil. They take some drastic images, you know, and and I think that is, um, you know, a particularity. And, and you see it also reflected in in churches you know where you have um some very drastic uh paintings in in central europe and giger i think tapped into that plus maybe some you know there's in in the mountains there is a, a special spirit you know people people tend to be more you might call it religious or superstitious whatever uh and 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 the light in the mountains is is sometimes very dramatic. So I think Giger was uh, influenced by that. But that when I now that makes me think of uh, the Black Forest. Is isn't that in Germany? Yeah, just north of Switzerland. Yes. Isn't that where all the the fairy tales originated? Or you know, d don't don't go out in the in the woods at night. Someone might you know. Uh, capture you in a gingerbread house. <laughs> yes, exactly. You're right. You know that's that, that's the backdrop to Giger. Yes, mm. I like that. Well, do you think now that you've you know re-entered music at this point in your life, you feel a little more urgency to approach more serious subject matter? It, yes, um, I, I, you know. Music for me is like a, a diary on issues that I deal with and that concern me. And so it's, it, you know, they're love songs. Um, they're songs about relationships, but they're also songs about um, society and issues that, that, we, that we deal with. And my latest writing is actually much influenced by certain topics, um, which which I've tried to. It's it's sort of like a a red thread that you know goes through the songs, and and it also helps me in in, in composing songs when I when I use a certain or when I write around a certain topic. You know, you 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 can focus your creativity better. Well, is the Angels Went Back to Heaven going to be part of a full album? Uh, yes, I, you know, I basically have three albums ready for publishing. I, you know, I, I, I started um, 
my latest writing in probably in 19. Uh, and I was ready to record at Lake House Music in March or May 20 when the pandemic hit. So, you know, Uncle Sam didn't let me travel. Um, so I figured um, I just keep on writing. And during the pandemic, I wrote, you know, 20 more songs. So I, I basically have 30 songs that wait to be released. And um, the angels went back to heaven is part of, if you will, the concept album called, you know, from tribal to modern man. And I've been always, I've been fascinated by history. And, and I think people don't realize how close we, we still are to our four fathers you know two three four thousand years ago and and so i've been i've been dedicated uh, i've been dedicating about 10 songs <clears throat> to just that topic and obviously you know when you talk about tribal man and modern man you know one of the main differences that we think we are enlightened and and you know we're rational people whereas you know the people three thousand years ago um were scared by by everything and you know had had irrational uh, reactions um and that's part of that cycle of songs and you know the uh, I, I you know I, I think it's one of my key songs in that cycle do you think europeans retain more memory of tribal times than we do here in the us I I think so. Yes, I think we're you know the Europeans, the the past is more present in Europe than it is in America, for obvious reasons. You know we we started on a clean slate almost. You know we're not. Let's not forget the Native Americans, obviously. But you know culturally speaking, you know it 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 was it was a new continent, and you made it. The Americans made it their continent. Whereas the Europeans, you know, every time uh, you you meet someone, you know, you, you know, okay, there's a history. Where does where is he from? Um, and and the, and the past is is just much more present here, but which is also baggage. You know, it's not just a positive thing. You know, um, I think it's 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 a baggage. It's a burden, and and it perhaps uh, you know is is a reason for depression in, in, in Europe. Whereas in, in America, you, you, you feel you're much you know, freer. You're not burdened by, 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 you know, by your past. See, I think to Americans, Switzerland is considered, you know, this neutral country, you know, they're kind of known for their uh, neutrality and and I would think that would be, you'd be almost like a little bubble there in Europe, where you're not as weighed down by the concerns of your neighboring countries. Well, that's true. You know, we, we've been lucky uh, that history spared us World War One and Two, and uh, we um, we are probably a bit less um, dogmatic about life than some of our neighbors. Um, so we, we tend to find a good compromise to live together. 
and we're much more tolerant in terms of you know admitting other languages other cultures within the same country but we're also very small which helps you know if you're you know you cannot compare a country of 10 million people with a country of 100 or 200 million it's just it's a different reality um, issues are different problems have a, have a different dimension so we also need to take that into account um, but I'm I'm certainly happy to to live in Switzerland. But if it was had you know if it wasn't Switzerland, I think my second choice would certainly be the U.S. Have you ever been to Gstaad? I have been to Gstaad. Yes. Mm -hmm. See, to me, that seems like the ultimate symbol of you know the international jet set playground. It is. It Saint Moritz and Gstaad are those two places in Switzerland. Where you will meet all, you know, the high society. It's a bit like, you know, Aspen in, in Colorado, uh, you know, for for winter. Uh, you know, maybe I don't know, some other glitzy place in 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 the U.S. Maybe Malibu. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of sad because with social media and the internet, everyone knows everything nowadays. Everyone thinks they're a, a future A-lister. Do you wish there was still a little mystery around things? Yeah, I, I, yes. You know, I'm, I'm not a big, big fan or user of, of, uh, uh, digital, uh, devices. Um, I, I think it's for a lot of people, it's just so much distraction. Um, you know, if you have to go through your Facebook every morning, just to, find out if you're liked or disliked um, that it's just a distraction you know and and I, I think uh, people would be well advised to focus a bit on a bit more on what they want and less on what other thing others think about them you know well since you're so well traveled what's a place you've never been to that you would like to go to and really soak up that culture um i think there's two places i would like to go one is one is japan uh just because i think it's a fascinating island um and the other place that i would like to visit is new zealand australia i've never been there uh, so that would be another place that i think i could blend in pretty well you know, New Zealand I would, has. I a, wouldn't blend in. I wouldn't blend in pretty well in Japan, just to be sure about that. <laughs> but <laughs> that would be more out of curiosity. Oh yeah, no, no. I, New Zealand seems to have such a reputation for being pristine and still so untouched, but it seems like some of that's changing. Does that sadden you that so many natural places are becoming developed? Uh you know, I, I, you know that that doesn't sadden me. You know, I, I I think it's it's just the way of the world, and you know the same is probably true about Canada. You know, they have some pristine places up there, and you know, lots you know, lots of places in South America, Amazonia. You know, you you'd wish it hadn't been touched, but it's you know. World po world population is growing so much that it's it's you know hard to argue that you know 
people should not expand uh, into nice, you know, nice places. It it it's good if it's done in a structured, planned manner. Uh, but you know, that's and I think we should we should definitely establish some you know uh, national parks and preserves for nature. That's certainly a, a concern. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, before we wrap up with a few more questions, I just want to make sure people know where to find you online and especially to hear this latest video. Um, it, I'm, I'm on Instagram, Matt Doe. And uh, there's also a YouTube account, you know, where you can, if you go to on, on Instagram, you'll see it. Um, and then there's a website uh, which is called matto-music.com. Excellent. And, and, and Matt and Matto is just basically M-A-T-T-O. Correct. The Matt always o. uppercase, you know, that's so. I noticed that, and it's all kind of one word in all your stuff, like Matto, no space, just like, what right. does the O stand for? Uh, first name of my last name. First, sorry, first uh, letter of my last name. You know where it comes from? It's actually a, a funny story. I, I went uh, skiing in Canada once up in the Bugaboos, and and I we you know, I rented some some you know powder snow off pissed skis, and you know we were a group of people, and of course then everybody got the name you know written uh, on on the on the tip of the skis. And my name was then Matt O, you know, so that's where the name comes from. That was back in 2001, so. No, it's stuck. It's stuck, yes. It's, it's stuck with you. So I'm intrigued by your legal career. Is it more corporate law or do you get to go into the courtroom? No, it's corporate law. That's my, my uh, expertise. So what's the most exciting thing about corporate law? Um, I, I like uh, building things. So people make investments um, or they do M&A add-ons. And I've been, I've been in the venture capital scene for a long, long time now, since, since about 95. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a difficult uh, area because there's so many failures. But it's also fascinating because people have you know, so much emotion when they start something. It becomes their baby and, and they take care of it. And in the best of cases, they, you know, they are here to stay. And, and sometimes they even change the world a little bit. Well, you must like that show Shark Tank. <laughs> yep, that's uh, it's a good good take on that world is it pretty accurate i mean the judges on there is that really how venture capitalists think yeah yeah you know maybe it's a bit uh slightly exaggerated just to make it more um you know effective but but yeah no that's that's the way the industry works as an independent artist do you see yourself as an entrepreneur Um, to a certain extent, yes, I'm not running a big, a big enterprise, 
now. <laughs> um, but yes, you know, it's it's on my own account and I have to take care of the budgets and all that. Yes, you know. And there, you know, there's work with people like the recording studio, like the videographer. I have a photographer that I work with. And you know, these people count on you and and you know, you you build relations with them. So yes, I do think myself think of myself as a, a small time entrepreneur. <laughs> And and do you run your own record label? Uh, no, I I I don't yet. That may be uh, you know something I'll do because I I over the course of this year I will publish a lot more songs and probably an album or two, and so that's in the cards. I'm actually studying that possibility right now. So with three albums worth of songs ready to be released. Uh, are you going to have some opportunities to perform them live? Um, that you know, that's a bit of a restricting factor, uh, uh, <laughs> because, or, or I should say, my my job as a lawyer is a bit of a restricting factor because you know, I, to to go on tour, you know, you have to free yourself up, and and that's a bit of of an issue right now. As I'm still 100% active, but um, I do some 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 shows here in in uh, around Zurich in Switzerland and in northern Italy, uh, a couple in southern Germany. So I, I do that, and I I'm hoping uh, to uh, to do some some shows in on the East Coast in the U.S. some somewhere between let's say Boston and Philadelphia. Uh, late, well, later this aren't year. you due for a sabbatical? <laughs> it's a good one yes <laughs> uh we, we yeah it, it's it's mm -hmm, mm -hmm. good good call <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do you remember that tv show ally mcbeal yes i do mm -hmm. remember when the lawyers would all go to that nightclub and sing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep that's when was that? It was in the early two thousands or? I don't know. Oh yeah, I think late, late nineties, early two thousands. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Allie so maybe McBeal, you need to start that at your law firms. A weekly go out and sing night. Right. <laughs> Do you think you get most of your uh, coworkers to go up and sing? Um, I don't think so. Um, you know, the girls maybe more than the boys. You know, so. <laughs> What, what what do your coworkers think of Matt, the musician? Do they really know about this side of you? Um, some do. I don't. I don't. Uh, you know, go out of my way to promote myself in my my uh, working environment. Uh, but you know, obviously, my partners are aware of it, and uh, and and you know, a small number of of co of workers or you know associates and and staff they know what i'm doing and they like it but you know i i sort of keep a low profile nice and, and is the firm you work for based in zurich uh yeah we've got offices in zurich and geneva uh we're about uh you know 300 300 people about 150 lawyers so. oh my, my i see now i'm picturing that you have these big corporate retreats in gestad and indeed at the park hotel oh my you are you are living the high life there 
yeah, that's where we were. <laughs> that's very nice. Well, to wrap up, I want to give you the last word here. And again, you know, you truly are a Renaissance man, you know, with your art, your song, your uh, legal career. Uh, I just want to know, uh, what are you enjoying most in your life right now? Um, I, I think what I enjoy most still writing, <clears throat> writing songs, <clears throat> you know, when you, when I, when I'm sitting in, in you know, in, in front of a blank piece of paper and three hours later, there's the skeleton of a song, you know, the lyrics and some beat and time just flies and you cannot wait to get up the next morning to work on it and to you know improve it and and add to it so that that still is to me you know i uh, it frees up a lot of adrenaline in my brain so that's that's i really enjoy that you know if giger were still alive would you want him to paint an album cover for you i, I you know yes of course <laughs> You know, there's he he did the album cover for Emerson Lake and Palmer. I think it was called Brain Salad. Brain Surgery. Salad, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I I looked at that for for hours when I was when I was young. So yeah, that that'd be that'd be that'd be really cool. Yeah, I know. For everyone listening, saying who the heck is Giger? Probably most known for designing uh, the monster in Alien in 1979. Right. Yeah, was that seventy nine? Was it that long ago? It's, it's it's really long. Yeah, it's like yeah, back in the antiquities. You know, it's, oh, <laughs> Matt, we're aging ourselves here. We are. Yeah, we're outing ourselves as some some old man. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I'm much older than you. Well, to tell everyone again, this is Matt O M A T T capital O current single. The angels went back to heaven from. The upcoming album from tribal to modern the first of three albums coming out from matt in the next year or two hey i just so appreciate everything you've shared with us i just love that you're juggling two successful careers you probably have a couple secret ones that we don't even know about yet and just that you know you're such a great ambassador for zurich and switzerland i really hope i get to talk to you when the full album comes out. I will make sure and I will talk to you. I really enjoyed uh, the show with you and, and uh, uh, you know, talking to you. It was very stimulating. Thank you. This has been the Rising Star Podcast with your host, Kelly Hughes.